This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we chat about the week's big political stories. I'm Mike Siluma, and thanks for joining us. Our first big story this time has, of course, to be the municipal elections, uh, which are taking place on Monday. Uh, ahead of the poll, we'll look at which major cities are likely to fall to coalition governments and how those coalitions are likely to be structured. After that, we'll be looking at the sea change in the ANC, which has seen the return to the political forefront of key leaders, including ex-president Thabo Mbeki. We'll ask what lies behind this development and what does it mean for the ANC. This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. arms, can you please come Mother in? Father, Father. Let's welcome now our guests for today, Khotalso uh, Mandisa, who's the Sunday Times political reporter, uh, Paul Berkowitz, uh, who is a researcher and director at the Third Republic, as well as Davi Scholz, who's an independent electoral analyst. Let us start with you, Paul. If you're looking at how the the metros, you know, because I, I you know, I thought we should talk, we should look in the main at, at, at the metros, you know, how they are they are they are standing at the moment and how do the parties stack up? Sh- shall we shall we start in in Jobek, uh, to look at the current balance of power uh, between the political parties? Thanks, Mark. Well, uh, going all the way back to 2016, Mark, there was a situation where no party had a majority. The ANC had a plurality. They had just more than the DA. It was very close, but no party at 50%. And the first coalition government in Johannesburg was the DA and a number of smaller parties. And uh, in the last year, since 2019, in the resignation of Herman Mashaba as mayor, the ANC has led the metro. And in the meantime, seven DA wards have been lost in by-elections. Three were won from the DA by the ANC. Three were won by the Patriotic Alliance. One was won by Al-Jamaa. So as things stand right now, just before the elections, Mike, the ANC would be able to form a majority coalition without the help of the EFF or any bigger parties uh, but that is very likely to change. We've been looking at the 2019 results and some of the events leading up to the election. And our model has both the DA and the ANC losing more uh, seats in the metro, with Action SA winning anywhere between 15 and 20% of the seats and the EFF continuing to grow. Now, what coalition will be formed there will depend on the exact uh, allocations of the seats and the performances of the DA and the ANC, but also the EFF and actions. So there's the potential for there to be four big parties without a clear majority anyway. And there's a number of options when it comes to coalitions there. I think which coalition is eventually formed will depend a lot on the relative fortunes of those parties and also the personalities at the top at the national level who is prepared to work with whom? The DA's already said they won't work with the EFF. Action SA said they won't work with the ANC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like us to, to come back to that, you know, at, at those possible uh, permutations, you know, uh, from a political and ideological uh, point of view. And and out in, in, in Swane, uh, Paul? 
similar situation broadly, Mike, the, the parties we spoke about, ANC, DA, EFF, Action SA will be expected to be at the forefront. Um, Action SA is not expected to do as well in Swami. Um, also, based on, on past results and trends, the Freedom Front Plus should win even more seats from the DA. The DA potentially could do very badly in Swami, which is interesting because the party was the one with the plurality in Swami in 2016, um, even finishing ahead of the ANC. But the, the DA has the potential to do incredibly badly in Swami in, under a number of scenarios and may even be fighting with the EFF for second and third place. So over there, um, the other parties, other opposition parties have the potential to lead any coalition, and that's specifically the EFF or Action SA. Okay, and, and then the, the, the interesting one is uh, Teguini. I mean, traditionally, it's been regarded as uh, as the ANC's stomping ground. You know, can, can we assume that that it it will it will stay under the ANC's control? Broadly speaking, Mike, that's very likely, but there's a growing possibility that the ANC will lose its majority in Etiquini and possibly even in Mangong as well. So in the previous election, we had four of the eight metros that were under coalition government. It was the three Gauteng metros and Nelson Mandela Bay. But the only metros that are really safe this time for the ANC in the year respectively are Buffalo City and uh, the city of Cape Town. In Etiguini, the ANC is still expected to do very well and probably finish with 45% or more of the vote. In that case, the party will have its pick of opposition partners and what's likely, given uh, political theory in general, is that the, the ANC will look to form a coalition with some of the smaller parties, which may include some of the new parties that uh, are campaigning, including the Abantu Battle Congress and the Justice and Employment Party. And 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 I'm 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 intrigued about the the the, the dynamic in Cape Town, particularly. I mean, in in the other places you mentioned, uh, Action SA as a possible factor or as a as a player. You know, even if it's a small player player. Um, in 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 in, in Cape Town, uh, you've the good and you've got uh, a couple of other smaller ones. Um, what, what do you think might happen there? We've been looking to see if there's a possibility, if there's a possible scenario, Mike, where the, where the DA could lose its majority. It's highly unlikely. The party is very strong in Cape Town. It um, won two-thirds of the vote in 2016. And in most of the DA wards and by-elections over the last five years, the party's remained strong. But the parties you mentioned, Mike Good, uh, Cape Muslim Congress, the uh, Cape Party, the one that's campaigning on secession, and the Freedom Front Plus as well, they've all got the potential to um, take votes away from the DA. It wouldn't be a surprise if the DA retained the city of Cape Town, but instead of 66%, it might even be in the mid to low 50s. But also, I'd love for you to come in here because I'm, 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 you know, when we're looking at all these, most of the of, of the metros, we, we're using the ANC as the as the reference point. In other words, will it will it retain its majority or will it lose it? You know, um, and if it wants to to you know to, to to retain power, who might it want to to talk to? Would would you just give us an idea of? 
currently how the, the ANC is reading the situation? What, what is their intention? Are, are they intending to, to regain control of all the metros or have they made peace with the possibility of, ne of not being able uh, to go back to, to single-handedly running any of the metros? Um, bro, Mike, I, I think I think they've made their intentions very clear so far, especially in Tony, that they 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 want to go all out to to win the city back. Um, they had made mistakes before, you know, in 2016, um, uh, leading to the DA taking over. But this time around, they they want Tony. They've even deployed uh, the deputy president uh, uh, David Mabuza to focus this campaign in 20. The president also keeps you know um doing rallies and campaigning in 20. So in 20 they want it and I think they have a strong chance of getting it back. In Johannesburg they've never really um had a majority that's why they went into coalition with coalition with the smaller parties. Um they will want to retain it but I don't think they'll do it with an outright major majority. The DA, um, yeah, it has sort of fallen off. And I think they, they also stopped paying um, a lot of attention in Johannesburg because they realized that they are losing it. But the ANC thinking, and when you speak to them and when you look at how they're campaigning, they want these, especially Johannesburg and, 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 and Twani. They really want them. They even launched their manifesto in Twani. So the thinking there is that they want outright majority. They're not even putting up a mayoral candidate in any of these areas because they don't want to, to, to you know, to shake things up like it, like it happened in 2016 when they announced uh, Togo Didiza in Twani and, you know, things just went south. So they have been careful, but they, yeah, they, they went all out to... They're going all out to get this, and I think they have a, a, a fair shot of, of, of winning. Okay, uh, David, I'd like for you to come in here because you know, for lay people, the the, the whole idea of, of coalitions can be very uh, confusing, and even the necessity of coalitions may, may, may be a perplexing one, you know, for, for ordinary people. What what would you say? are the factors which, which are driving the drift towards coalitions? Well, look, I think it's really interesting, right? If one, uh, it, it, and maybe I should also just say, I, I broadly agree um, with what, what Paul has said. I think that, you know, those sounds like, sound like sensible numbers. And I think, you know, things are inherently uncertain in this election. We've had very little polling before the election. We've had very few by-elections. So I think, I think no one really knows what's going to happen exactly. Um, but it is probably fair to say, given the historic voting, button, voting patterns we've seen, that the, you know, the cities that were in coalition territory last time are likely to be again, um, and potentially even further in coalition territory. And I'll explain about what I mean by that in a moment. Um, but then, you know, what, what's causing that drift? Um, you know, fundamentally, what's happening is the ANC is going down, right? The, you know, the ANC percentage is going below 50, um, and, and that's that's causing a coalition discussion to start. So then the question is, what's driving this you know this drift for the ANC below below fifty, right? This downwards drift, and it's a couple of things, right? So the one thing is just in the last two or three elections, um, there's just been a really interesting development in our elections, which is that the turnout patterns have really fundamentally changed. Um, the kind of relative level of turnout of specifically in places like Johannesburg and Chwane, of suburban voters that kind of typically vote um, against the ANC has gotten really, really high. It's gone up a lot, um, or at least have stayed at relatively high levels. Um, whilst turnout in the townships, where the ANC typically does quite well, 
has been drifting down. And we saw that in 2016, we saw it in 2019, um, and it's being driven by a group of ANC voters, historically ANC voters, that I think are frustrated with the ANC and are choosing not to vote, right? I think that's one of the trends we see. Um, so, so this lower turnout and the gap between suburban turnout and township turnout driving that, that's, that's I think one important driver. The other very important demographic driver is just what's happening in the black electorate, right? There's a, there's a portion of former ANC voters that have moved away from the ANC um, and, and specifically in the you know, 2016 and, and 2019 moved to the EFF um, largely and a little bit to the DA, right? So I think a, a very good um, you know, summary of that is if you look at the 2011 local government election, I know that's a long time ago, but it's a good place, the 2011 local government election, and you look at the entire black electorate throughout all of Gauteng, the ANC won 86% of the vote in the black electorate in 2011, right? If you look at the same numbers for 2016, right, so five years later, they were down to 68, right, uh, in the black electorate in Gauteng. That's, you know, minus 18% um, in five years. And it, it went mostly to the EFF, but some of it also went to the DA, particularly in 2016. Um, and that's, what's, that's the fundamental problem for the ANC is that they've historically relied on winning overwhelmingly majorities in the townships to, to power that, that result of a 50% plus, you know, in all of those metros. And their numbers in the townships are coming down. Um, and that's why, that's why they're, they're shifting below 50. And I think um, what Paul has raised is absolutely correct. There's now an even additional ingredient in this, right, which is the emergence of Action SA. Um, and, you know, who knows how much they're going to get. But just if you look at social media, if you look at their rally today, there clearly are some numbers there. It's not, it's not irrelevant um, and potentially even significant, right? But we don't know exactly how much more. There's no credible evidence to say exactly how much they'll get. Um, and that's complicating the math even further because my suspicion is that Action SA is, yes, taking votes from the DA and, and the EFF, but also potentially taking votes from the ANC, yeah. which I think is going to make this coalition discussion even more pressing um, and, and yeah. making all the parties even further away mm. from 50. Yeah. So quite complicated. Let, let, let me ask you this. Then. They, 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 do, you, do you see us going back to the days of a one-party dominant uh, sort of arrangement? Or did you think that uh, those days are, uh, will never come back? I, I Look, I mean, one never says never in politics, right? Um, but one can speak in terms of, of likelihoods, right? I, I think it's highly unlikely. And, and let me tell you why, Mike. I, I think what's powering a lot of this, right, is, um, as I've said, it's, it's, you know, the overall drift is because of a, a shift within the black electorate. Um, and, and, you know, if you go and you do the research deeply, right, which I've seen some, some folks do this research deeply, right, is that, you know, historically, as I've said, there's a big portion of the black electorate that just was incredibly positive, supporting, loyal to the ANC, right? And, it's, a, it's an absolute fact that that's still true, right? So if you do the numbers, that there's still a very significant portion of that portion of the electorate that is very strongly supportive of the ANC, but it's coming down. Um, and and there's, a, there's a growing number of voters that, within the black electorate specifically, that are either kind of really frustrated with the ANC to the extent that they kind of decided they will not vote ANC anymore, or that are kind of open to thinking about it and, you know, who haven't previously really been particularly open to thinking about it. And, and that slice of the electorate that is absolutely certain to vote a kind of ANC is just going down every year with every election. It's a smaller portion of the electorate and the amount of undecideds is higher. And, and you know, as the undecideds go up, you know, some portion of them will go to the EFF, some portion of them will go to Action SA, some portion of them will go DA, some portion will still go ANC or some portion will not vote. But, but that portion, it, it's getting bigger, and that's what's driving 
the numbers down fundamentally. And, you know, there's just one more thing, which I think is, is just a critical number, you know, like South African democracy isn't, you know, directly comparable to other democracies in the world, but there are certain things that just count for all democracies. And the one thing which is true is that if you ask people, you know, is South Africa on the right track or the wrong track? The, you know, the wrong track number is just absolutely enormous. It's, you know, it's gotten to the level where 70%, 75% of South Africans think we're on the wrong track, including ANC voters saying we're on the wrong track. We stay loyal to the ANC, but we're on the wrong track. And if, if you've been governing for 27 years, you know, at the next election, what it's going to be 30 years, the election thereafter, it'll be 35 years. Um, and you've been governing for that long and you're presiding over a wrong track number of 60 or 70%. Um, it's it's incredibly difficult to to see a swing back to total one party dominance in the way we've had it in the past, given these prevailing demographic trends. And and also, sorry for the long answer. One interesting thing about this as well is if you go into it deeper, it, it's it's also demographic from an age perspective, right? So older voters are much more loyal to the ANC, much more sticking to the ANC. Younger voters are the ones that are either done with the ANC or willing to think about alternatives, right? Um, and depending on how this evolves, right, like maybe, you know, the cohort that's currently 24 to 28, five years from now, they're going to be, you know, 28 to 33. Um, and there's going to be a new younger cohort coming in you know, below them. Um, and if, if they, that the guys that are currently 24 to 28 keep their view, which is more EFF, a little bit more DA, potentially more Action SA, and they keep that view as they age through, right? And the new cohort, which is also a little bit more opposition-minded, comes in. You could see that demographic shift starting to significantly affect the ANC number, as it already has to some extent. If we look at it, at our experience so far of uh, of uh, of coalition uh, government, Khotato, um, you know, how, how well do you think that we've been able to to navigate that space? Coalitions are a bit tricky because. <clears throat> You are, and, and 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 we need to remember that most of the, the 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 parties that went into sort of a coalition agreement, it wasn't you know casting stone. It was just a matter of, for instance, in the matter of the DA and the and 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 the EFF in, in Johannesburg, it wasn't. It was just a you know an agreement where they'll say you know we'll vote for you on other issues if you also pursue um, push through our interest of you know insourcing and 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 all of those things. So. I think in Jovek it seems to work um, between the EFF and the DA, but then you see what happened then was that um, when they had a fallout, uh, uh, both the DA and 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 an EFF, because the DA, the EFF wanted a a quid pro quo type thing where they said no, we can support you uh, fully in in Johannesburg if you give us twice. So because those those engagements didn't go well, they ended up fighting and handing over the. The powers uh, to to the ANC, literally on a silver plate. So, coalitions are so they are tricky in that sense that you know we, we will, they, they will have to you know think about how they can they can they can make sure that whatever um, clashes they have in, in 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 you know politically and all of that they they are able to you know they, they don't affect the. The, the, the agreements that they have, because you end up um, handing over, handing power back to the opposition. So 
Bashaba right now has closed the door on the ANC, and I, I believe the ANC would have loved to 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 work with Mashaba, especially in Johannesburg. Should no one get a majority, but he's now closing that door. What does it? What the, what does that mean? That means he's opening a, a he's opening up a relationship between the DA and 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 the ANC. And once that happens, then the the smaller parties will will not have any say. They will not you know they won't have any any kind of power. So. Yeah, so I think we've, so far um, the country, in, in, I mean, with the with with the experience that we've seen in Swan, they did well to a certain extent. But you know, those political clashes, you know, see, um, end up ruining whatever you know uh, strides they were making in in government. I mean, even in Swan, things went uh, went south. The, the government had to even intervene and put it under administration and all of that. So without being too long, I think. Coalitions can work. They just need to be formalized. Um, uh, if it's a contract that they have to sign, so be it. I just don't know what the the rules of engagement are um, in that on that front. But they they need to be able to extend the, the agreements. Need to be able to extend whatever political clashes um, the parties have um, for the greater good type thing. When they don't agree on something, it shouldn't affect the entire. Agreement, uh, like we saw in Johannesburg, yeah. So I think I think there that's where we perhaps need to start to say how do we ensure that the political uh, the, uh, whatever agreement you have in a city will withstand whatever uh, uh, disagreements or fight the parties can can uh, have. So a formalized structure perhaps is what we need. But I believe they do work and they are the future of. Of, of of politics in in South Africa. Uh, Paul, do do you share uh, the the hopefulness uh, of of Hodata that we have we have to make coalition coalitions work and 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 we just have to learn to live with them. Mark, I uh, let's say yes and no. I agree with Hodata that coalitions are our future. Uh, there's no use in wishing them away based on the electoral system we have, which is proportional representation heavy, and we look at comparable election systems throughout the world and other countries, this is what we can expect. Uh, Darby also alluded to it a bit. The historical anomaly, we're going to see it in future as an historical anomaly that the ANC had a supermajority, which is largely the political capital built up over decades under apartheid. We are going to see more coalitions. We're going to see more parties. I am slightly cautious, maybe a bit more cynical than Khotatso, that they can work just as they are. We've, If we've seen anything over the last five years, it's that the parties, big and small, across the major uh, coalitions and the important metros, we cannot trust them to do the right thing and not pursue narrow interests. Some of the small parties have used their kingmaker status to extract uh, other benefits. I'm thinking of parties like the Patriotic Alliance that was first with the DA in Nelson Mandela Bay and then crossed the floor to join the ANC and was rewarded with the deputy mayor position. We cannot afford to have that. So, Mike, uh, I think there's two points. I think there's a responsibility on uh, on all South Africans and civil society and uh, people that work in these areas that would include some of us 
to monitor these coalitions very closely, to hold the politicians to their promises, and to raise the bar and demand a higher standard of engagement. We cannot have another five wasted years of collapsing councils. We cannot have more Metsi Maholos or Mokhali cities where uh, parties run out the clock or, or boycott uh, council meetings and collapse council because there's no quorum. We cannot have that anymore. We need to demand a much higher standard and the parties need to be accountable to the electorate. And that also means political maturity both on the side of the parties and the electorate. Uh, there will always be members of the big parties that are not happy that coalitions are being formed. Uh, there's probably a huge chunk of the EFF that was not happy to work with the DA and vice versa. Many DA supporters have expressed on social media that they think the party has some right to govern with the majority. And as we've said, that's not how our system works. The second and final point, Mike, is that I think what you will see and what we are seeing already is that the big parties are not internally coherent, that there is factionalism. We know it's bad in the ANC, and there is evidence of that in the DA as well. What I mean, what uh, the consequence of this potentially for coalitions is that decisions that are made from the top and supposed to filter down, decisions at the national level, may not be honoured at the regional level. The EFF in the last five years was very unhappy with the DA, and that led to falling out in Osman, Dela Bay, and Swane. But the Johannesburg coalition with the DA and the EFF held partly because of the personalities involved. And that's what we also need to expect from the parties, that we need some flexibility. Yeah. Mm. Um, we may face interesting uh, complexities with all the parties and all the intersecting relationships that some parties have this kind of coalition in one metro and a different one there. And we need to be more mature and more flexible in how these coalitions are managed, both as political parties and South Africans. Yeah, yeah. So before we wrap it up, you know, there's another a, a political a, a, a theme that I wanted us to touch on very quickly, and that, that relates to what, what's happening in the ANC itself. Uh, I see that there have been a number of uh, senior leaders who have come back to the political forefront, you know, who previously seemed to have withdrawn themselves. You know, you know most notably uh, former President Tabombeki himself, Pumzilem um, Lambonuga, you know, and, and people like that, Khalima Mutante, you know, uh, campaigning quite strongly for the party. Um, what, what do you think is happening there? Yes, Bramaga, um, it's, it's very interesting to, to witness. I mean, um, during uh, the, president, the former president uh, Jacob Zuma's term, you, you never saw um, Khalima Mutante, for instance, um, wearing ANC colors on the streets, asking people to vote. Same with um, uh, 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 Tabo You, There's a shift in the ANC, and I think it's, it's, it's possibly Ramaphosa, you know, uh, summoning power uh, and cementing himself to, to when he went back to all these people and said, look, um, we think there's still a role you can play. Um, in the party, uh, the, pe the people that you had fought with or the, the things that you didn't agree with in the ANC are changing. And he's using the renewal uh, pro pro uh, program uh, that they have to 
to, to call them back. And you've seen quite a number of, of them coming back. I mean, for instance, you have someone like um, uh, former police uh, minister, Sidney Mufumadi, who, who has now been appointed as Ramaphosa's uh, security advisor. We spoke to, we spoke to him uh, uh, last week uh, about his return. And he admittedly says, look, um, when Tabun Beki was, uh, was recalled, I was one of the people to, to resign. Was because we didn't agree with the, with the leadership that was coming into the ANC, we didn't agree with what they were doing. So we thought, no, let's leave the uh, let's leave and do something else with our lives. So so he's now back um, because they believe that the government of Ramaphosa perhaps um, works best. You 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 also have um, uh, you know Mojang Kukumbi who was Mbeki's legal advisor and is now on the. Um, on the on the panel that is investigating the response to the riots that took place in July, you have uh, a former uh, NPA boss, Bulelani Nguka. You understand? So who's now working on 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 the on the party strategy on the expropriation of land without compensation? So there's there's quite a number of them. I mean, Lambonuka, for instance, Pumzim Lambonuka just came back from. From from finished that at the UN immediately she 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 goes in and and is campaigning for the ANC is even addressing um, uh, an ANC event when when she was asked whether you know she's back and she she she's back in politics and whether she'd be looking at becoming you know coming into 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 government or becoming uh, as as you know the rumors are saying that they they they, they wanted that others wanted to become the de- the next deputy president she 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 didn't deny it she just said no we'll cross that bridge when we get there so there's a shift um in that uh, in the ANC which yeah it's, it's cementing Ramaphosa's power and he's using previously trusted people to gather or to 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 bring back um people who left uh, or who felt that they could they can't associate with the ANC under under Zuma's step they are all coming back and they are all gathering around him they are that I mean for instance uh, we have not seen Tabumbeki attending the party's manifesto he's doing that he's even engaging businesses business people and professionals about the manifesto telling them why this was this part was added why it makes sense the social the, the social compact agreement you know he's 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 engaging with it and I think I think yeah I think um it's it's just that it's 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 Ramaphosa cementing himself, putting himself in pole position, and to an extent, it is going to work in his favor, especially if we look into the ANC's conference next uh, next year in 2022. It is going to work in his favor. Okay, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to say let's wrap it up here in this week's edition of uh, the Sunday Times Politics Weekly. And I'd like to thank uh, our guests uh, for the conversation, Khotaso uh, Madisa, who's a Sunday Times political reporter, Paul Bekovitz, who's, who's a researcher and director at the Third Republic, as well as uh, Davis Scholes, who's an independent electoral analyst. And by the way, you can find a podcast of this conversation on Iona.fm, on Spotify, on Google Podcast, on Apple Podcast, or wherever you prefer to source your podcast. Until next time, we still say stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask and avoid crowded places. I'm Mike Siluma signing off. Mm-hmm.